0: We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast and I am thrilled About today's guest. And we had such an amazing conversation. I know that you will feel the same. And before we jump into her incredible bio, I want to, first of all, Get really, really grateful and thank all of you for the purchase of my book, A Tribe Called Bliss, and also just showing me all of your tribes that you have formed. And the reason that I'm again thanking you is not only because I truly believe in this message and I believe every single woman needs to read this book, but also because I am doing a round two of my book tour. So you guys, in November we are going to be going to three different cities. And I believe, don't quote me on it yet, because I'm still looking at spaces, but I believe it is going to be Chicago, Austin, and I'm not going to say the third one yet because we're not totally sure. We're we're kind of caught between two cities. So you guys mark your calendars. It's going to be the week before Thanksgiving. For those other two spots and nothing set in stone because obviously it depends on the venue. But I just wanted to start having you mark your calendars for those dates or for a girl's trip for bringing all of your friends. And you guys, I cannot wait to be in a room and on the road with you again because it was truly one of the best things I've ever done in my life and ever experienced and I know that everybody who came to the book tour said the exact same thing and a lot of people met their tribe there as well so let's jump into today's interview with Jacqueline Johnson Jacqueline has created her career she's a powerhouse entrepreneur by the time she was 28 Johnson had sold her first business she invested in one of the country's top female-owned startups and launched her second multi-million dollar company, Create and Cultivate. She recognized a gap in conversations, resources, events, and community for female millennial entrepreneurs and responded with a solution, Create and Cultivate, the widely popular media platform and nationwide conference. In the process, Jacqueline's own work-life philosophy built on the cornerstones of female empowerment Hustling hard and innovation have propelled her voice to the forefront of the discussion on workplace equality, a new thought leader for millennial women and Gen Zers on the career come up. She was named a Forbes 30 under 30, an Adweek disruptor and profiled in Fast Company, the LA Times Entrepreneur and More. Johnson has earned her way to the front lines of a workplace revolution at a time when change agents and disruptors are flexing real influence. With the entirety of her career devoted to building up female entrepreneurs and women in the workplace, 2018 is poised to be her biggest year yet. The launch of Work Party will only help her fuel a new generation of women who with Jacqueline's help are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. And you guys, Work Party is her new book and I love this book and this is what we're going to talk about. I'm actually almost done with it. Um, I've been reading it every single morning and thoroughly enjoying it. Not just enjoying it, but I am getting so many incredible nuggets still, you guys. And I read tons of business books and I read tons of biographies and self-development books. And you guys, I really, really, really love her outlook on it. And I just love this woman. So let's dive right in. Jacqueline, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. You know, it's one of those weird moments where I kind of feel like I know you, like I, (laughs) and then I get on on the microphone talking to you and I'm like, oh, she doesn't know me. Okay. So, okay, let's back up because I'm reading your book right now. I'm halfway through it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm loving it. Um, Especially because I have written a book. Um, I think that you form this like weird kinship with other people who are writing books and also you know everything that goes into it. Um and I just love following you. And I was actually in your I think it was your offices because I went to Dear Media to record a podcast and I was like, Oh my god, I feel like I'm in her presence, but she's not here.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like two rooms down in sweatpants, just like working.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. I'm in sweatpants right now too. So okay, so you have an office, but you still wear sweatpants to the office.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I always sort of plan if I have to look like a human based on like in-person meetings I have. But (laughs) sometimes it's like you just want to be comfortable. And like, especially with production, it's like we're like moving stuff and running around. It's like I cannot be in a tight skirt and heels. There's no way.
0: (laughs) So how many days a week do you have to be in a tight skirt and heels?
1: Oh, it depends on the month, but I would say probably like two to three times. It's doable. it's doable. <laughs> yeah, I, I get through it. I definitely get through it.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. So I would love just for people to get caught up a little bit. It's, I feel like everyone I know knows um, about uh, your companies or who you are, but I want to really introduce you to the listeners because I think that you have um, such an exciting story and an exciting brand. So would you share a little bit about where you're at right now, but where that came from?
1: Yeah, totally. So I am like day to day, the CEO of Create and Cultivate. And if you aren't familiar with what that is, we are an online platform and offline conference uh, for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. So we are all about career and, uh, you know, whether you're entrepreneurial or in a corporate track, like we want to be there to support you with the tips, 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 tricks that you need to kind of succeed um, in life. So that's the day job. Um, I also wrote a book called Work Party, um, which you were just talking about, and, and also have a podcast called Work Party as well. Um, you know, all launching very soon, which is exciting. And but how did I get here beyond all, you know all these different amazing things? I in my previous life pre Create and Cultivate ran a marketing and events agency. I started that company when I was 23. 3 um and had no idea what i was doing uh <laughs> Very much the core of the book, and I talk a lot about that. And just had a lot of drive and gusto, and kind of just went for it, um, as you do when you're a naive entrepreneur. Um, and learned so many amazing lessons along the way, really hard and difficult ones, and really amazing ones as well. Uh, and basically was the impetus for my starting Crate and Cultivate, um, wanting to help other female entrepreneurs and women in business on how to handle those difficult, um, you know, things that were happening in the workplace whether it's negotiation equal pay sexism racism ageism all those different things um and just kind of share by experience and kind of telling uh people you know what i went through and how i handled it whether it was wrong or right um yeah that's that's kind of how it all got started
0: oh so i love hearing about that especially the part about you know when you first began like you were you know you were naive and i think that that's actually so incredibly important because I meet so many women who are like oh I need this next uh, degree or certification or I have to go to this event or I have to go study this and I'm like I'm telling you the best time to do it is when you know like nothing and you're excited because I think that's so incredibly important I heard a quote um, from Dave Matthews actually of all people the other day and it was like don't get so good that you realize um, how bad you are or something like that. (laughs) I was
1: like, that's so important. So- (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's that's actually so true. Like, I think the reason I was wildly successful is I didn't play by rules. I didn't have a guidebook. I had no idea what I was doing. I was making it up as I went along. And it's like kind of like one of those things when you have nothing to lose, you're Mm -hmm. kind of creative, you're kind of at your best. Um, and it, it really works for I me and it works for a lot of entrepreneurs I know as well. What would you tell someone who is at that
0: point where they're, they're looking for that next thing that they need to get started? And it, it, you know what I mean? Like, what would you say just yeah. to take the leap?
1: I mean, I think it's, to, it's so relative to your situation. Cause I think there's a couple different things to think about. Like one is is this leap into a business that's going to require a lot of money, right? So it's like, if you have to start something and you're like, I need to invest either my own $100,000 or someone else's $100,000 into this, Like that's a very different conversation than I'm going to take a leap and start my side hustle, which is a blog and just requires me and my computer. Um, So I think you need to think differently about those two different scenarios. And then I think the most important thing when you're starting a company is runway and goal setting. So what's the runway I have? Like, do I have three months of survival to make this work? Do I have six Mm. months? The more runway you have, the better off. But also it's like, what if, what what's my real goal after 3 months like mm-hmm. so going into it and just being like i want to be like successful in 3 months isn't enough like you have to say i want to meet i want to make at least $10,000 in 3 months and be able to cover x y and z i want to make my first hire by 6 months and you know whatever those goals are and just having those sort of laid out and like you know what stuff's going to go wrong but it's also just a matter of understanding like where you're at and what you want to do. But I think it's really comes down to the fact that you'll never know unless you just do it. Like, so you kind of have to just start by starting, which is one of the chapters in the book where I say mm. that my first company, when I launched it, didn't have an LLC, didn't have a website. I basically told someone like hire my company that doesn't exist. And (laughs) when they were like, yeah, that's when I got my shit together and was like, okay, I need to like have a brand and make sure this is trademarked and do all those things. So, you know, you kind of have to be willing to put it all on the line. Mm,
0: I love that so much. I have literally sold a product that didn't exist yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so impressive. And I I
0: was
1: like, Okay. Well, now
0: I have to go write this course. Awesome. Um, Which honestly, it's like once you start sharing your stories of like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Or has anybody else ever done this? You find out that everybody else functions that way. It's like you have to, (laughs) you literally have to, in order to either get started or in order to, you just have to have deadlines or you won't, you won't ever do it. So what's a question that, you have not been asked or you don't get asked often enough that you think people should ask you when they are either starting a business or in a business?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, I think like the biggest question someone, like, I think a lot of people ask, how do I do what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I create, like, I want to create a conference or I want to do this or that. And I think like the question that's people need to be asking versus like seeing what other people are doing is like what's a hole that needs to be filled Mm. like what is something that doesn't exist yet or exists and I can make better like I I think people oftentimes just get hung up on other people's ideas which like fair it's just the world we live in and like you know everything's so accessible and like Instagram and Pinterest and all these things you're like inundated with good ideas which is great. But at the same time, I think it makes like entrepreneurs a little copycat-ish in that Mm. sense. And sometimes when you create something that's better than something that already exists, that's awesome. I mean, you think about like an Uber or whatever, where you're like, yeah, taxis are the worst. Like there should be something easier. But I think like when people come to me, I think it should be more like, hey, I love what you're doing, but here's my idea because I think this is like a hole in the market or like this could be expanded on or like whatever it is. Like I think people come to, I get asked a lot like about like, hey, I have a similar idea and concept, but um, how do you start making money off that? And it's like, Mm. that's true. you should really be thinking about what the value prop is and like who your audience is and who where that demand is
0: Mm, I love that so that's in your book where you talk about white space and it came it's so crazy because I I told you I'd gone on the book tour and then I'd gone on a three-week vacation which I had never done by the way like it uh, the first week I had like panic attacks because I was like how am I going to do this for two more weeks and then week two I started to drop in week three I was like oh my God, I'm getting like crazy ideas that I don't like it just, you know, when you make room, things can come in and your book kind of came at the time of like ideas coming in and then talking about white space. I was like, this book is like literally coming to me at the perfect time in my life. So talking about that with the white space of like, just explain exactly what you mean with that, which it's pretty much what you just said.
1: Yeah. Just to expand on that. So white space, and I like joke that there's, I'm sure there's like very economical and very smart definitions of this, but the way I, (laughs) um, is like that, that essentially that hole, like something that's missing where there's like an open space that no one's tapped into or has tapped into, but not thought about it the way you have. So it's that really unique value. So when I think about create and cultivate, like what I always say is like conferences existed before create and cultivate, duh, of course, women's conferences existed before create and cultivate. But what I saw was like, there's no conferences that look, feel, and speak to me in a way I want to be spoken to that are combining things that women love and not just are a dry business conference or not just like a fashion and beauty convention, like something where it combines all the interests that women have, women like myself, that we would want, where I want to go and meet with a VC and talk about raising a million dollars. And I want to sit with like business advisors and get advice on my business. I also want to like have a glass of champagne and maybe get my nails done. Like Mm -hmm. all of those things didn't exist. So that's where I saw the space for create and cultivate. And it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if women want this or if they'll pay for it, but then I figured out they do. And then I was able to expand and build on that idea from there. But it's truly just finding, I mean, someone even says like most of the white space is built out of inconvenience. So like Things that inconvenience you on the regular and that you wish existed are likely billion-dollar ideas. Uh, that's just truly how it is. So, something to think about, like wh- you know, whether it's super specialized or more wide-ranging. It's like think about those ideas of ways in which you can improve something or invent something that didn't exist. Mm,
0: okay, so I'm gonna ask um, questions just strictly from my own curiosity of where I'm at right now because I'm like, this is. Literally. So for, for somebody who is, they already have a business. They're already like, you know, you think your life is going in a certain trajectory, but then you get one of these amazing ideas that in your soul, you know, it's just like any other yeah. idea that has hit you that has been amazing. And it's kind of like, okay, there's this idea here. It's incredible, but it's scaring the crap out of me because it's totally different than what I've ever done. And it's one of those ideas that's like, this is either going to go way over or it's going to fail. And I know you talk about be willing to lose it all, which I am, but what? How long do you take when someone gets an idea from like idea aha moment to beginning, like actually starting?
1: Yeah. I mean, so just to give context on the Create and Cultivate journey, I have never thrown an event with 300 people. Mm-hmm. I like had no experience doing it. I had honestly no business doing it. But I basically had Create and Cultivate for over three years before it ever made a dollar. Like it mm-hmm. didn't make any money. It was purely marketing. It was just like a fun thing I was doing. Um, and essentially when I, I, I sold my other company and ended up doing Create and Cultivate full-time, it was like one of the scariest things because it was something – I didn't have a playbook for. I had no background in. I had no experience. I had no idea how conference businesses worked or like, you know, and then come to find out we run our conference very different than the way traditional conference companies work. But it's, it's just like, I was just figuring it out. And, and it was kind of the wild, wild west of like, yeah, we can do that. Oh, we can launch that. Or maybe we should do that. Like, it was this really exciting ride, but also terrifying. So I think it really is like I say, like when you're when you know you need to like move over to this new scary business or whatever it is that you're doing, it's like it's when it's starting to get a little bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily need to be making money, but it has that momentum behind it and that like need and demand and excitement. And that truly what was what happened with creating cold debate. I had so many people I trusted and cared about and complete strangers being like when's the next one why aren't you focusing more on that that's such an amazing thing you should really think about making that your business and i was like what are you talking about it doesn't make any money it's a fun side project like what are we talking about mm. and basically it kept coming up coming up coming up and i finally was like maybe if i like stopped thinking of it as this like side project and started thinking about it as a business like and treated it like a business like it could be a business and that was really the turning point and and when i really started to um you know, kind of see CNC take off from a business perspective. Mm, so good. That actually
0: answered a lot of, yeah, that actually clicked a few things in my brain. Um, So for somebody who is, just starting out and just basically life lessons. I I think that it's so important to know and accept all of the things that are coming with starting a business, with being an entrepreneur, which they're all so worth it. But what is a lesson that has been painful and awesome? One of your biggest lessons.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like the biggest lesson for me was, and and I say this to a lot of new entrepreneurs is like, get it in writing. Like I think I, when I was first running, I was like so excited if we ever won business or like, you know, got an account or someone said yes. And I was like, amazing, cool. Like here's the contract. Anyway, we'll get started and like started rolling through stuff or like didn't read some of the fine print because I was just like so excited to have a client. And like it ended so badly so many times where people didn't pay us or, oh, whoops, this fell through. And I know you just spent like three weeks of your life like doing this. (laughs) So it's, it's one of those things where now I'm it almost to a fault. like hi, following up on the contract. Like, Oh, can you just give us some example? No, sorry. We don't do that until the contract signed. Like I'm very firm on it. Mm-hmm. And it really has been one of the best lessons because people honestly really respect you and value you. And we find ourselves in less binds over time. Um, you know, where it's like, Oh God, I don't know why we did that when the contract wasn't signed. It, it really is all about that taking yourself seriously. And that includes like the legalities of running a business.
0: Mm, I I love that. I couldn't agree with you more. Like I've learned that lesson so many times. And even now for like events, like speaking events or like putting it in writing for your speakers and things like that has been so powerful. And I love when my friends do it to me. I honestly do because it clarifies how they expect me to show up and then the pressure's off. Like, did they want me to do this or did they want me to do that? Like, I think it's the most beautiful thing you can do not only in business, but also in friendships, if you're going to be doing any business together. 100%
1: I mean friendship and work is very tricky so if and when you can like be sure to be very clear about what your expectations are and deliverables I mean it sounds so like oh we'll be fine but like it's like one of those things where it's like you kind of have to talk about the divorce before the marriage type deal it's (laughs) for you like
0: it's for you I remember the first time I got a contract from a friend I was like this is so bizarre and then I was like this is actually so amazing to see what's expected like this is such a gift so if your friend ever does it thank her and then you take that example and run with it um so I want to talk about females in business because I know that when I first um you know started any of my businesses it was like it's not just learning business. It is like learning to navigate relationships. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and that's mostly it, right? Like navigating relationships. Um, so how did you learn to not take things personal? Of course, we, of course, we're humans, so we do take things personal, but how do you learn to separate business and um emotions and friendship?
1: Whew. Um <laughs> so <laughs> I would say with time, um, I definitely was really horrible at this early on and like was so emotional about employees and partnerships and businesses. I took everything personally. I was like an emotional wreck, like 99.999% of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that was a good thing. It's, Mm -hmm. it honestly was because I cared, right? Like it was like, Mm -hmm. I cared so much about the people around me and what I was doing and the the business I was building, which you should, like you should 1000% care. But Mm -hmm. over time, you have to understand, and especially as you like grow up too, right? Like you learn that business is business and it's not fair, it's not pretty, and it's not easy. But at the same time, you can approach it in a way where it's much more methodical. Like for me now, like dealing with problems, like previously it's like, oh my God, there's a problem. My whole world would fall apart. Like It was like the world was on fire. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I honestly can be thrown anything and I'm like, okay, like this can be solved by doing A, it can be solved by doing B, or it could be solved by doing C, or this can be solved by picking up the phone. So I think it's really just like coming at it from like a very human perspective. Like I'm very big on, I don't like working with people that are very aggressive, mean, or like that's the way they get things. Like I just don't respond to that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm very much of the kind where if someone's disappointed or upset with something, I can like get into their shoes and be really fair about like, okay, like that's, that's true and fair. And I don't think what they're asking for is necessarily fair, but like, here's where we can like meet in the middle and like find a a way out. Um, And I'm very, I just try to be as level-headed and fair about it as possible. Um, And then there's some situations where it's just like, a nightmare and it's just like, no one's being sane about it and whatever. And then you just have to like figure out if, and when you need to like cut ties or bow out, bow out and things like that. And I mean, I wish I was an expert on this. I'm absolutely 1000% not. I learn more every single day. Uh, but I think like the key is to really just un- like not escalate. Like that's like probably my biggest policy is just like don't escalate. Always come at it from like a fair balance point of view when it comes to friendships, when it comes to business, like when it comes to all those things. It's like you really have to separate the personal from the professional, but also be a human about the way you do it.
0: Mm, I love that so much. I always think about like, okay, I need to be able to answer somewhat answer from a neutral place. So, what's it going to take to get you to neutral? Like, is it going to be right. a couple days or?
1: What's it gonna take? Oh um, my god! I've, I've written and deleted so many emails, and like <laughs> back at the first draft. I'm like, oh my god! Thank God you didn't send that. Oh
0: God! What? I've done the same thing where I'm like, what were you th- like? What were you thinking? Like, can you even imagine if you would have sent that? Like, oh God, not good. And it's so crazy because so much of uh, so this makes me really wonder. Like, wh- what do you do for? Do you do? Are you into personal development? Are you you know? Are you really into spirituality? what do you do for yourself? Because obviously I think it's about the person as much as it is about the business. It's like, it really comes from the top down. So what do you do in order to number one, be able to make decisions like that? And number two, kind of be able to implement the kind of culture that you want?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really about, I, like to lead by example as much as I can. I'm definitely like the first one in the office. I'm usually the last one out. Like I, I, I'm not the type of boss and I probably to a fault, like that is like, all right, like everyone do your thing and then tell me how it goes and report. I'm like involved in everything. I care so much. I like lift the boxes. I pick up the trash. I like do all the things. So like, I'm very much like a, try to lead by example in the sense of I'm not like an unapproachable boss in that way. So I think from that perspective, like when I want to create the culture I want to like be a part of, I don't expect everyone to work super hard while I'm like out to lunch every day. Like I'm, it, I, they're working it, it, as hard, if not harder than me. And that's really what i like what's so amazing about our team is everyone is so dedicated and so awesome and like so gelled as like a little family. I mean, there's only like ten of us, so really it's like it has to work. And like if one person's off or doesn't fit, it's like very obvious very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to be as transparent about that with interviews and like interview processes. Like I, I, I'm always like, look, like this is what's expected of the company. We're in startup mode. We, we work hard. We travel, there's production, there's events on weekends. Like this is just the nature of the business. Um, and so people either really gravitate towards that or don't. And like either way is totally fine. Like I try to be as like honest as possible. But for me personally, I mean, I think like I have a, a lot of my nearest and dearest friends are, I don't work with or collaborate or do anything business-wise with. Like I very much am, have a separate relationship and have nothing, they have nothing to do with my professional life, um, which is probably a good thing or a bad thing. But it, it, when we hang out, it's like, no one cares about my book or like mm-hmm. the door or like, who, you know, what was this person like, or did you do that? Or oh my God. I mean, it's always obviously excitement and like, support but it's more like we can talk about anything you want but work and that's so important to me because my brain literally overloads like with work and I can I can talk about work all day all night and get into that position where I don't have those mental breaks and I think they're so important Mm. to CEOs and bosses because no one's checking you out you know what I mean like you have to check yourself out and you have to check in with yourself on like what you need
0: Mm. That's so important. Like you can live, eat, breathe and sleep it, it, especially when you're passionate about it. So building in those places where it's not something that comes up is like so vital. I have that same thing with friends where we like, I'm like, did we really just spend two days together and not even talk once about anything? Like... It's, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing and super important. So what do you do for yourself to turn? I know you're in, you're in like hustle mode right now. So this is like a question that is like probably repellent, but what, what do you do to try to turn it off right now? Just to get some blank space for your brain.
1: I'm honestly the worst at it. And I like, it's so funny because I, One of my good friends, Kristen S., she's like an amazing uh, celebrity hairstylist. She has her own product line. We're very much the same type of entrepreneur where we're like, we just go, we give up so much and like, I probably am missing out on so many amazing things, but I'm in such hustle mode about it that like, it's hard for me to turn that off, but I will say I I do make an effort where I I work on weekends always, but I always take at least one day, whether that's the Saturday or the Sunday where I just like, don't, and I can like lay in bed and watch TV all day. I can like go out with my friends. I can do whatever, but I just need one day of like break before I like get back into the hustle bustle of it all. Because. And that's so, like, bare minimum for self-care, obviously. <laughs> but, like, it's, 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 like, for me, I just, like, my biggest thing is I need sleep. I need to be, like, rested. I need to, like, feel like I can function. And two is, like, to just take off when I know I need that mental break and, like, get outside or do whatever. But I think it's okay to be in that mode of, like, I'm just going to work my ass off for the next five years, one year, two year, whatever it is. Like, I'm just going to go for it because there's momentum there. Cause I had years where I didn't have to work that hard because not, not that much exciting stuff was happening Mm -hmm. for me. It was status quo and it was fine. And I was like surviving, but I was like dying anytime an exciting email came in my inbox where I was like, Oh my God, like a magazine wants to interview me. Oh my God. Like things like that. were like, so, and now I'm in a place where it's like so much momentum and excitement. I'm like, why would I be like, actually, I'm going to like take a break. No, I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's do this. You know, I literally, because I
0: just did a podcast on this, like about the seasons of your life. And sometimes the seasons of your life are three years, five years, seven years. <laughs> and honestly, because I'm literally coming off of like a season of what I really believe was like a three year straight without any days off. Like I didn't even do the self-care thing, which was stupid. I don't recommend it. If I could go back, I would give myself a day every single week. But Like I remember, people were like, "Oh, because there was this." Remember, like last year, it started this whole like self care, like stop doing so much, stop using the word hustle, stop doing. And I was like, "I am in hustle mode. Like this will not take off if I don't do this." Like it was I was like rejecting it within my soul because I really believe there is it's just seasons if you are in hustle mode you are like going through the it's like a rocket ship in order to get through the atmosphere like you have to be full throttle or you're not gonna make it so that's just where you're at and you will have a season of rest but if you feel good I think it's so important to follow those seasons
1: I fully agree and I I think it's also like there's different kinds of self-care in like different ways like for me it's like work is like part of my self-care I like like to feel like things are moving along and so I would have more anxiety and stress if I wasn't and like Mm -hmm. missing you know what I mean so I think it's like all relative I couldn't agree
0: more like there's so there's also like that 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 feeling of when that thing is in your soul, like it's got to come out. Like if it doesn't come out, it's going to eat you alive. So you're like, no, I have to push this out of my system. Like it's vital. Totally. So right now at this very moment in time, what is something one that you're most excited about? Like that, just like you sit at home and you're like, oh my God, this would be amazing. And then two, something that you are working through right now, that feels like an extreme challenge.
1: I mean, something that's amazing is is obviously the book. Like, I we just got the physical copy and it's ah, like… It's so exciting. So, it's so exciting. It's just so crazy that I wrote that. It's real. It's tangible. It's a real thing. It's, it's totally unreal and like that I ever would be able to write a book. Like, I look back on the last 10 years that I'm like, I was like figuring stuff out 10 years ago and now it's like exciting to be in a place where it's like I've seen success and people actually want to hear from me. Like, that's just like unreal to me. Um, and the things I'm working through are honestly scaling a business. Like we're completely self-funded. We have no VC backing. Um, it's, uh, so hard (laughs) Um, to scale a business and really be able to like grow in the right ways, bring on the right people and be able to like make the right decisions as you grow. And then also keep the people who have been with you for so long, like excited about the rapid growth and the changes and the structure that comes with it, you know, while trying, you know, while trying to get these new people excited as well. It's always like a really tough challenge to, to grow and scale and say, yes, to all the opportunities you want to while maintaining like the credibility and authenticity of the brand.
0: Mm, It's so good. I mean, literally that's a, that's a real challenge, keeping your people engaged. I can't even imagine with how many, how many employees do you have?
1: So we're about ten full-time CNC. We okay. have like four part-time, and then mm-hmm. we have a bunch of agencies and things like that that we work with. But mm. um, I mean, it's a ten tight-knit team. Yes. Junior, senior people, but like everyone sort of is, is literally like a family. It's so
0: interesting. Like as you grow anything, as you grow um, programs, as you grow communities, as you grow businesses, it's like, I've literally had so many people say, oh, I love that it's intimate. Or I love that it's a smaller group. And I want that, you know what I mean? Like years ago, people would say that all the time. I'm like, I don't, (laughs) this thing needs to grow. Like you're going to be uncomfortable. And that, that's also another thing is I think that's something that stops so, Many Again, I'm going to say women because I think that, you know, we're afraid of not pleasing people, especially the people who have gotten us to a certain place or helped the business along. And that's a huge I mean, to say that being an entrepreneur is like massive growth for yourself or expansion or like fast growth is an understatement because of how much you have to let go of other people's opinions so what is something that you do around just like letting go forgiveness because I can only imagine the number of things that you've either heard or people have said or whatever that looks like about growth so what's something that you do personally to kind of cut those energetic ties of like releasing that
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to, it's like one of the hardest parts about it. I mean, I think sometimes like, no no matter what you're doing, like there's going to be some drama, there's going to be some negative energy, like coming from somewhere. Like it's just par for the course when you're dealing with humans. Like, and there's been instances like within the company where it's like, you know, something's not working or like someone's bringing in super negative energy. And it's really hard because it's like, you want to make everyone happy. You want to make everyone feel like... You know, they have a role and a part, but at the same time, you know, when I'm trying to step out of like certain things I shouldn't be working on and bringing in people to kind of step in and manage stuff. There is, like, it's so hard because it's, like, everyone wants you around or a piece of you. They used to work more closely with you. Now they're not. And, like, that's upset. Like, there's way... Like, everything feels like the wrong decision, even though it is the right decision Mm -hmm. for the company. Like, you have to, especially as the CEO or the boss, like, be able to, like, get to a place where you're not needed so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, like, a very difficult place to get to. And it's something I think that I struggle with that, like, we struggle with a lot. is like, and it's honestly mostly my fault like because I care so much and have been so ingrained in every facet of the business that I like when I see something go out that like wasn't approved or isn't on brand or doesn't look at it, I like care a lot mm. but it's like you have to get to that place of like no you need to be thinking about like six months from now a year from now mm. not like six minutes from now but I think that's like probably the hardest part about it mm. So do you
0: guys do um, like, so you really have your, it sounds like you work in every area and you check in with everything, but what is something that you do every single week with your team that kind of keeps you guys um, all cohesive? Do you do meetings daily or do you do a Monday meeting or what does that look like to really um, project into the future? Like what, and how are your meetings split up? So how often do you meet and then how are your meetings split up? So are you doing present and then you're doing future projections?
1: Like what does that all look like? Oh my God, meetings. So many. Um, we- <laughs> a Monday all team meeting, which is really important. And that's just like aligning everyone um, on like, you know, pretty much everything. It's a really long meeting and just kind of gets everyone on the same page. Um, Then I do a senior leadership meeting every week, which is mostly all of our senior staff where we kind of go over what's happening in their different verticals, which I think is really important. Also talk about like company culture, HR stuff, like all that good stuff. Um, And then I do a separate production meeting with everyone, just because that's the largest part of our business um, to go over all the different events and you know strategies and things like that and then we got we have talent meetings we have partner meetings we have lots of different meetings about different things um, where we can because you know we're very much like a collaborative workspace but at the same time I think getting in a room and having a concentrated 30 minutes on a topic can get so much done versus like a G chat. Mm-hmm. so I'm big on meetings but I'm also big on like productivity so I try to always like what is the point of this meeting let's get through this and like let's move on um and I think that's always so important. But, I mean, I love a meeting. Like, you can ask anyone on my team. I'm like, everyone just come into my office. <laughs> like, we're like, but I think it's so important because it's one of those things where I know so much about what's going on and not everyone knows. And, like, there's times where people are like, wait, we're doing what? Like, what is this thing that we're doing? So it's kind of one of those things that's always, uh, it's always important to just, like, brain dump and be like, okay, this happened today. This is what you guys need to know. And we'll, like, move forward and meet on this more regularly. Mm. So
0: going back to your book, what do you think are the most important messages in there or what's kind of revealing itself as it's getting out into the world, like to pre readers?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like what what's really people are getting excited about, I think it's a combination of real talk, failures where I really get into the things that went wrong, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people sometimes gloss over. And two, like a lot of the tactical advice around contract negotiation, um, asking for a raise, pitching, all those things that that's in there as well. And then three, bringing in the voices of other women and successful women that people will look up to, like an Allie Webb, a Morgan Devon, um, Jen Koch, et cetera. Who's somebody that you are
0: looking up to right now that you really look to for inspiration?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, like my job is like a hundred percent inspiration. I get to meet so many amazing women. I mean, I think for me, I just, I love Allie Webb's story. Like Mm -hmm. she's both, she's also from Florida. I'm from Florida. Um, you know, she has a really amazing story of how she started Dry Bar. And, you know, I always kind of like love like her story, both personally and professionally. It's always kind of fun to see someone, Mm -hmm. um, with so much success. And again, someone who really like tackled the white space in such a real way.
0: Mm, I love that. So when you are, let's, let's tell people a little bit about your events, like what they consist of, what the experience would be like if they walk through the door, like, what are they going to see? What are they going to um, expect? What are they going to hear?
1: Yeah. So for the conferences, I mean, it's honestly a one day festival. We have mm-hmm. pop-up markets, beauty lounges, there's two stages. We have tons of, like, gorgeous, fun, designed moments, like, which we spend so much time on. Um, And we have a lot of, like, awesome brands doing really cool things. I mean, we have our Chicago conference coming up, which is super exciting. And... We have everything from, um, you know, like, LaCroix on site to Living Proof. Like, there's so many cool brands doing really fun stuff. The panels are a mix of celebrities, CEOs, and content creators. So everyone from, like, an Ami song to, like, an Web. So we have a really good mix of women that obviously have either scaled the corporate ladder, built their own business, have created some sort of business of influence, or, like, just our inspirational stories. So um, it really is just a day of, like number one, the best women you'll ever meet. Like our audience is so incredible. Like every time I'm so blown away by the people who attend and how kind and loving and amazing they are. And then on top of it, you know, obviously best in class speakers and, uh, you know, hopefully the best experience you'll have uh, at an event.
0: Oh, I love that. I have to tell you that you guys have completely um, inspired my last year and this year and just every year going forward for stage design because I've put on a women's event for like the last seven years. And um, I was like, I was scrolling through Instagram and I was like, what is this stage? (laughs) Like I need to know, like you, you just made me start thinking outside of the box for my stage design. So we had a blast yeah, yeah. like designing this year. So thank you so much for that. And now this year we're doing the same thing, just like something totally different, super fun, but you were the inspiration for that. So thank you for oh that. My
1: god! Well, I design all the stages myself. So that means a lot. I am like a psychopath. I like mock it up in PowerPoint. <laughs> like, this is what I want. I
0: love that. I love it. And I totally get it. Like, yeah, it's so beautiful. And it's, it's art. It's like your version of putting like even more of your, you know, soul and your thoughts out into the world. So it's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. And it's huge. And I just want to say, like, I think that's something that, especially with what I love about all these emerging, amazing female entrepreneurs is that it's like, Your business can look however you want now. Like, in fact, in my personal opinion, the more you, the more pretty or the more feminine or the more whatever you feel, however the heck you want it, the more weird, I don't even care. Like, the more you that it is, I think the more successful you are and the more that you stand out. So I'm loving, like, just how everything can be exactly what you want. Because I think that even if you rewind, even just five years ago, like the perception was just everything is still like needs to look a certain way or it needs to be serious. And I think women are stepping out so much more, even just with logos and design and stages. And like, you know what? I want this to be an experience. God, we love experiences, don't we?
1: Yeah. And honestly, like I still get weird pushback on stuff. Like even with work party, like there was pushback from salespeople at like bookstores where they were like, we can't put a pink book on a business shelf. Like, I know it's so weird like mind. I'm like oh I'm sorry but that's the point like and I and I pushed back <laughs> on all of that I was like no that's my brand like I'm sorry and so it's one of those things where you know I it, it's funny because it's like it's been successful with our community because it's speaking to women like me like you like that get mm-hmm. it are excited about it are like hell yeah I want that to be like beautiful and fun and instagrammable oh and also I run like a million dollar company and like you mm-hmm. know like I, I just don't think the status quo can wrap their mind around that. Like they're like, if it's not in a suit and like towing, not towing the line, like it's just not real. And it's not true. Like there are content creators that are making millions of dollars by just showing us inside their house and their lives. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's an antiquated idea to think that everything needs to be serious and buttoned up and like, you know, gray and boring. Like, I just think that's, I think it's silly. And I, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think that should change. And I'm like, we should make your book and my book and everyone's book of like women in business, like number one. So like all these people can see, like these women are a force to be reckoned with. Like, it's not a joke, you know? Mm, I love that. real intense about that. No, I'm so, I'm, I'm over here, like with my hands up, up.
0: (laughs) my hands are like in the air. I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Because the, it, it's again. It goes back to like it's the person driving a company. So if the person can't exist, if the personality cannot exist, you're not going to connect with others' personalities. Like, and that's the consumer. So I think it's so vital to connect on that like very human level. Um. So I love, love, love that. So talking about just connecting with other humans and women and tribe. How do you surround yourself with people? Because I know that this is another challenge for. Let's face it. It's all challenging, but it's all so perfect. That's why we love it, too. Um, With as you're really growing because you're growing fast as a human, as a company, um, how do you surround yourself with people who kind of keep up with that also fuel you? And when you realize that someone maybe is no longer like you fulfilled that contract with them, how do you let go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the people around me that have really like withstood the test of time. Like I talk about this in the book, but like my circle's gotten much smaller and tighter and specific. And the women around me, like number one, understand. Like you're busy. I understand you're in the middle of trying to build your business, and like we'll text little support notes and be there, and like you know buy tickets and show up to the conferences. And when I'm like a dead body like on the side, Mm -hmm. and just be like, hey, here's a glass of wine. Like, and I think (laughs) all of them are like championing my success in my journey and vice versa and I think that's what's so important is like not like being mad at your friend because she's working late again or she's doing all those things like you really have to like and look sometimes I have the friends that are like get off your phone like Mm -hmm. and like let's hang out and like let's have a real conversation I mean one of my friends Danielle is like so good about that like she'll literally be like we're eating dinner and you can be on your phone after but let's just have a moment and like I think that's important too but it's like those women that understand respect and support But can also know when to give you your space and also jump in and be like you need help right now is so important Um, And I think that's that's really the women that have surrounded me and I think the the things that have fallen apart or not been you know Worked out or whatever I think have really been unfortunately because It they didn't understand like the weight of the world that's on my shoulders. And I think a lot of times when you're on the way up and you have a lot of success, like a lot of different sides of people come out where there's like a little bit more selfishness on their part. And that's really hard to navigate. And it's also really hard to balance like the personal and the professional in those situations and understand like you need to take care of yourself too. You can't just say yes to everyone. Um, And those can be really difficult decisions to make. Um, And, they're never easy, but I think they're really important. Like, I think it's important to have people in your life that challenge you, of course, but I think it's also important to realize when they're affecting you in a way that is affecting either you or your business, like impacting it in a way that is negative time and time again. And like people make mistakes, of course, but like if it's a pattern where it's just a no, 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 no situation, then you have to be able to cut the cord in the best way you can. Obviously not like ripping people apart and like all that stuff, but just saying like right now, like I don't think this friendship is serving myself or you. And I think it's best if we like put a pause on our relationship or, you know, move on in some other way.
0: Mm, So good. So I'm going to go to the second layer of that quick because you know, we can, uh, I hear this all the time because my book is on, you know, female relationships and it's like, okay, so after the cord is cut, when they are gossiping about you or when you know they're saying things or when they're saying hurtful things to your face or through text or through email, then what, how do you go on, you know, with your day? How do you keep moving forward? Do you let go? Do you engage? What do you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the worst part, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think it's like, and it, you know, it's like, it happens, it's unfortunate, but it's like, I think it's part of the human experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if you know, deep in your heart, like you did right by you in the sense that you didn't burn a bridge, you didn't do something outlandish or like, you know, whatever you tried your hardest to make a situation work and it still didn't work. And that person still didn't see eye to eye as long as you know in your heart that you did your best and you were the most human you could be about it, I think that's what gets me through. Even when like you see like a hurtful post or something and you like think it's about you and like you spiral and you freak out and like all this. I mean, it happens to everyone, but I think the reality is, is like you just have to know you did your best. And like at the end of the day, if you didn't do your best and you did do something wrong, obviously I always at least like try to reach out and apologize or like find a common ground. But Um, I think if, you know, deep down, like it wasn't, it was the hard decision, but it was the best decision in that moment and you handled it the best way you possibly could. I think that's what you just have to let you get you through those like tough times. Mm,
0: It's, it's just, honestly, I love, um, just talking to other female entrepreneurs and having them share their story because I think it's just so it's we all go through the same exact thing, but it's so important that we share it. So, you know, you're not alone. Cause I think that's the thing is you feel like it's, you're like, oh my God, this is just happening to me. Or I can't believe I'm being attacked like this. You're like, no, everyone is. <laughs>
1: so. yeah, hundred percent. It's
0: just powerful to share.
1: It is. And it's the worst. It's mm-hmm. literally the worst, but it's just like, it happens. Like relationships are tough and, Bosses are human, CEOs are human, like we all Mm. make mistakes, we all go through things. It's like we're not immune to that by any means. Mm. Mm.
0: So good. So if you had um one billboard and this was it, it was the only way people knew who Jacqueline Johnson was and what she was about. Like and it's a message that could only handle like three sentences, what would your message to the world be?
1: Oh man. Um I will I think it would probably be, this is like the most popular Instagram post on Creighton and Cultivate. It's like sort of like a rallying cry that we have in the company and that's collaboration over competition. Mm. And I think that it's resonated so much more deeply than we could have ever imagined. But I think it's something that needed to be said, especially amongst women in the sense that we – have been marketed to media to like movie to that whole idea of women need to compete with one another, only one of us can get it to the top. And I think that's I've been ingrained in society for so long. And I think it's just important to know like so much more can happen if we're all on the same team. And I think we're starting to see that and the effects of that this year and a little bit last year. And I think it's amazing. I think women are really starting to understand. Like, oh wait, that was just like a tactic to keep us down. And now, when we come together and we support each other, it really can be the most powerful thing.
0: Oh my god, I love it. I mean, that's literally that's literally what my whole book is about. Because I thought it was a singular process, like, and come to find out, the whole secret is that you actually have a way better life when you collaborate. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: 100%.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful and I I love that phrase. So you need your billboard <laughs> in, in LA. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Okay, so for the book, why why this book right now and who needs it?
1: Yeah, so I think the book right now is so important because I think we're at such a turning point. I think work has fundamentally changed in the way we approach it. I think women have fundamentally changed in the way that we're living our lives and the way we're kind of climbing the ranks and starting businesses. And I think Work Party is really a combination of telling that story, for women who want to start a company who have a company right now and who are struggling with it and, like, giving that sort of real talk advice and tactical advice as well and also being, like, a dose of inspiration. So I think it really is about, uh, you know, kind of putting together what we call, like, the work party commandments of, like, how to run a business, how to start thinking like an entrepreneur and how to, like, maintain your friendships, relationships, and partners along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that um, in terms of, like, the book itself.
0: Oh, I love it, and and I have to tell you, from someone who's already um, had businesses, been in business for a while, like it was still so freaking amazing. It was like a reminder. It was a shot of inspiration. It was all new perspective as well. So I don't care if you've been in business. I don't care if you're new in business. I don't care if you're just a female who wants to know more about the possibility. You guys have to go and get it because I will tell you, I'm super picky, Jacqueline. I'm being totally honest like if I don't if I'm like yeah this book is good I'll interview the person we'll have this amazing conversation but I love this book so far like I'm halfway through and I can't like I actually can't wait to get back to reading it so
1: that um, makes me so happy and I loved that you said that as well because I do think it's for women who are either like have had their career for a while and are looking for like that refresh and inspiration and also women who are starting out, but also women who have like corporate jobs and have Mm -hmm. that like entrepreneurial spirit. I think it really can apply to all, all of those types of people. I totally agree. So
0: I'm super excited about it. Where can we find it? Where can we follow you? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so uh you can find it where all books are sold, but also workparty.com. Um and I'm at at Jacqueline R. Johnson on Instagram and you can follow the work party at work party on Instagram as well. Amazing. I'm so grateful
0: for you. And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be great. Um, okay. So you're in an elevator. It's only 30 seconds. You're with a total stranger and they look over at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say?
1: Oh, gosh. I think I would say you have to define what happiness means to you. hmm
0: So true. So good. You guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the earn your happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.